Hey everyone. Welcome. Hi. Hey. Hello. Yay. <laughs> we have we have Felix. We have V. We have Ula. We have the whole crew here. The first three interviews actually from the No Limit Society. Yep. The brave, the brave ones, right? <laughs> All the crazy ones. The first to go into the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And we've been able to play around with awakening and enlightenment together in our rounds of tennis. And you can find those conversations in the playlist that's linked in the bio below. We highly recommend checking those out. Now, we set up this first AMA together, this Ask Me Anything, and we've already got over the last couple of days some crowdsourced questions. And we'll go ahead and start with the question that is listed below. We have a few more that we'll pull up. And if you guys would like to throughout go ahead and submit your questions in the live chat. And then after we get through these first three, we will pull your questions in and answer them. So, all right, let's go ahead and have you three start us off. Whoever feels most excited in their highest excitement. The question is for those on audio only, it is, is there more than one type of awakening? And the follow-up sentence to it says, I no longer fear death and am aware of much, but definitely never experienced samadhi. And samadhi, for those that don't know, is a meditative state of consciousness, a very unity, oneness state of consciousness. So is there more than one type of awakening? I can take it. Um, uh, <clears throat> I would say there, there can be different depths of awakening. So basically the, the general idea of awakening is um, we could say reality becoming aware of itself. So then the thing is that uh, the very nature of reality, we could say is awareness. So it's very nature is being aware of itself. So already the, the whole concept of awakening is a kind of a, a fraud, but that's the, the whole point of, of the play, of the Leela, of everything that appears. So then in this context, um, there are different uh, degrees of distortion of the one knowing itself. Um, and so awakening is kind of tracing back those distortions back to the source, which is this awareness, this 
this radiance, this knowing aware of itself. And um, yeah, so there, there are different layers. We could talk about different layers of the self and or the, the illusory self. And, um, and so basically awakening is a process of more subtle layers of oneself becoming more uh, apparent, more activated, more radiant, more shining. Ula. So yeah, I would say. Yeah. Go go ahead, Felix. Do you want to wrap that sentence quick? Yeah, I would just saying again, like since there, there are different. Um, yeah, different degrees, but in the end, it's all the same movement. It's, there's one direction, but then you can start at different points and you can end up at different points. That's nice, yeah. yeah Can I add you. up something as well? Yes, please. Yeah, for me, it's this um, the whole awakening journey is kind of going from the I am this little person, this Ola uh, being, right? To wow, I'm the whole of existence and prior to the existence, right? Um, and and is because we are such a unique uh, makeups, we all such a unique human beings with such different unique conditioning and levels and of understanding. This undoing of that little all self, it has got very different flavor to everyone, right? Which we spoke at last in our, our call as well, which is uh, the awakening it has got very different flavor to each to, to each of one because we are such a unique beings and, and, and we have to undo this our unique uh, expressions and conditionings. Uh, so and it has got different levels to it. it, it it's almost kind of you know, like never-ending journey into deeper and deeper into yourself until you fall out of the black hole, right? So it kind of goes spinning around and around and around and around until you go sucked in and through that little veil. And then you are beyond the reality. You're prior to, to, to this material reality, the world, as we call it. And yeah, so I think um, uh, is there more than one type of awakening? Is is the one awakening to the same truth for everyone? However, every single one has got a different flavor to it. Every single one of us. That's my um, view on, and understanding on that. Uh -huh. Beautiful. How many ways are there? To realize that you are not who you think you are. There are as many ways to realize you are not you as there are used in the universe. There is only one awakening, but there are currently eight point sorry, 7.8 billion ways of being misled into believing you are something else. 
I will quote Osho here. Who am I? Is the only revolutionary act in the universe. Asking that question and finding out you are not you. You are I. Maybe we could also address the second part. There is not a question, but uh, feels a bit more uh, personal. And uh, yeah, that is is touching more the core of the the, the question for the, this questionnaire. Yeah. Um, cool. It seems to me like um, just the phrasing, like definitely never experience Samadhi. It seems to me that there's quite a strong um, expectation or picture of what it should look like. And then comparing one state with that imagination and, and, and thus imagining oneself to not be there. Well, the, the whole point of Samadhi is realizing that you're it and you can never not be it. What a tag game. What a tag game. Ah, mm. yes. <laughs> exactly. And also, I would like to put this, I am aware of much. Who is aware of much? Right? To look at the one that is aware of much who is aware of much can you look at that one who is looking who is aware right who is that exactly the me the big misconception about samadhi is that to to visualize it as a kind of fireworks uh, as a extraordinary out of the ordinary state while it is simply the state you are in when you are not there and it's very ordinary again in the words of Osho it is extraordinary which is just more ordinary than all the bullshit you are used to Yeah, that's beautiful. We expect some fireworks, like you said, exactly. We expect that this is some incredible, you know, ecstatic experience is going to happen. But actually, it's so beautifully simple, right? Is this, oh, this is what I am without this fireworks. The fire yeah, the fireworks and the ecstatic uh, experience, the spiritual profound experiences kind of, there are still experiences, right, within that. Uh, I am so, but the I am itself is just more nat most natural, simple, beautiful thing. There is a fireworks actually. It's you. You are the fireworks when you are not there, and you want to see the fireworks 
while you are the fireworks. That won't happen, baby. <laughs> mm. Actually, there is a moment where it happens. It's when you are fully conscious of being that fireworks. It's as if you could see it. And in a way, being it is like a dance. At first, you think that the best way to appreciate a dance is to watch a beautiful dance by a very graceful dancer. But that's only until you realize that there is a more beautiful way to watch a dance. It is to dance it. That is Samadhi. And you are it. Don't look for it. You are it. You're it. This is the beautiful tag game. Be like children. And then even the looking for it becomes part of the firework becomes of part the of the play. Yes. And proximity to children and being childlike. Being childlike is the most mature way of being if you are adult. Being childlike when you are a child is being in unrealized samadhi. Being childlike when you are an adult is being in realized samadhi. That entire idea of this dance is to go from unrealized to realized, but it's all the same. And in the middle is where is the most difficult part because of the darkness, the perceived darkness. But the perceived darkness, the darkest perceived darkness is when you are actually exploding into the firework you are seeking. Ula is extremely close to childlikeness and surrounded with beautiful children, and she's about to explode. In fact, it's, a, it's one of those incredible fireworks with multiple explosions. <laughs> I'm already exploding, Vinton, seriously. Yes. <laughs> That's why multiple explosions, some of them already having happened, some yet to happen. It's a it's a one of those beautiful long rich fireworks in Dubai, you know, where they last forever and they fill the entire sky on multiple kilometers. Yeah, it's, it, it really is explosion. Uh, uh, yeah, for what I meant when I said when you're in I am, that the I amness uh, for me doesn't feel like fireworks exploding, but the expression in form is all for me exploding fireworks, right? So prior to the form is the simple, beautiful stillness and silence that has got no, um, it is prior to fireworks exploding yeah that's the kind of space i'm talking about and then from that everything unfolds it's like the firework just suddenly jumps out and all of the creation happens 
and it is super ecstatic and firework like I totally agree and being a childlike it's like being this person like uh, you were saying Felix yesterday is being like careless right carefree sorry carefree being this um huge difference just go yeah huge difference totally um being this you know just go out and play without having concern you know how do i look like how do i sound like you know am i good boy am i bad girl you know all of this nonsense that we have in our mind sometimes just being self-conscious and self-aware of you know how am i acting how am i presenting myself children don't have that right they just go out being themselves fully themselves expressing their aliveness expressing their nature right this beauty of freedom uh, and that's the childlike nature which i think we all look at children as like oh my god being a child again right i'd love to feel like this again but hey we all have it available into for us for us like at any time if you want to reach that if you want to exp if you want to embody that is is present in our adult life uh, that state that playfulness that um freedom and you know, anybody who knows what he's doing when preparing a fireworks will not schedule the firing up in the middle of the day. You need emptiness and darkness in the sky to fully appreciate the beauty and the expansion and the light and the colors of a fireworks. And this is the purpose of what you call the dark night of the soul it is the setting up of the background of the substratum for the magnificence of your flowering into realized nothingness yeah to realize everything comes out of nothing right Everything and goes back. <laughs> and all the while is nothing. That's the, the most funny part. Is um, it? It feels to me like the the exploding point of the firework is is the cre crystallized identity. This, which feels like me coming in contact with the true eye that then burst it open and there is the the light and there is the the show the true eye being the third eye that people talk about but they visualize it as another set another retina while it's actually another entire complex of skin, eardrum, retina, olfactive sense, and uh, dopamine sense, and all of it. Yes, uh, it's a it's the third eye spelled I, not spelled in any other way, and especially not E Y E. Why? <laughs> There's a clue there. There's a clue why there is a Y in the middle of I. That's a clue.
of how, love. That's a good one. Why is there a Y in the middle of I? <laughs> uh, there were many great ones <clears throat> by you guys there. I really appreciated those answers. So much beautiful depth. So briefly would like to take the audience on a journey in understanding the general navigable roadmap of awakening. Just reflect on all coming from the same source and you reflect on that process. And then you see that in this process of emerging from the same source, that the first most salient attribute is the very fact of awareness. Just sort of sit as your eyeballs. Your eyeballs are the size of ping pong balls. And so if you just kind of sit and reflect on as your ping pong balls looking and just become really aware of that process. And then the... So we went from source to becoming really aware of our awareness. And then we look at, hey, look, it's a pen. It's a water cup. Yay, mm -hmm. pens and water cups, right? So most of society right now is looking at pens and water cups, right? So they're looking at objects. And so now awakening is the process of seeing, okay, source, awareness, objects, and so you just move away from objects to becoming hyper aware of awareness. And it's both gradual and sudden. So in a sense, this what's been described as these pops. So you pop from looking at objects to pop to being aware of that which looks at the object. So the actual awareness itself. And then you become aware that, oh, awareness is source. The source of all reality is my nature. I am the source that makes awareness and that makes realities in the divine play. And so you could say that the more than one type of awakening is popping yourself from the, the object to becoming aware of awareness and then becoming aware that awareness is in fact impersonal. It's shared and that's what's known as this one God self, the all-inclusive awareness, the great I am that is eternally witnessing the infinite creation. And then there's another pop to the actual source, the very nothingness that's been described that we arise from and go back to. And so that would be the quote navigable roadmap. And then the state of Samadhi is just resting in the awakened state of that recognition. And so that's how I would respond to that question. Do you guys have any thoughts on what I just said or should we move on to the next question? I just want to briefly say that I saw the moment of someone awakening beautifully and the way he described it, it was like, oh, I just realized that I, all I matter don't exist. There's only seeing left, right? So rather than focusing on I, all I, you just, you just become that, you just, you just keep focusing, put your attention on the seeing, the fact that there is this, the, the operation of seeing, right? 
and then you become that thing, so you become the eye of God, right? You, you, you see as God sees, uh, and everything then becomes a kind of, uh, you know, experiential wonder of like a watching a movie uh, or something that is fascinating. So yeah, I love, I love that. So always just seeing left, and then just notice and pay attention to that seeing, just just that seeing, which is other others call awareness. Beautiful. So good to go to the next question, you guys. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's hide our question about is there more than one type of awakening? Excellent question. And let's bring up our next question, which is are there different types of intuition? Oh, that would be if so. If every single one of us says what is intuition for you, for them, for you, then we will mm -hmm. see the different types, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. So, do you want to go ahead, Lee? Felix. Hmm? Okay. So, um, So let's take this picture of um, we have a, a sphere of awareness. There is there is some some aspect of reality that we are aware of, and the rest of it is also us, but is 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 veiled for now. So from this standpoint, it's like um, intuition then is the the penetration of our bubble of awareness by some kind of of knowledge of um of knowing of some kind of nudge of intelligence of love of wisdom that is guiding our, our current sphere of consciousness into um into more realization and more actualization or expression of that purity from which this impulse is coming so it's like this process of um of the un unconscious becoming conscious and so then I would say it can express in many different ways because then we have like this whole mental body that can be activated in many different ways uh, with the different senses and with subtle perception and feelings that can all be used as uh, little cues to guide us on the right track. Maybe one last thing that I could add to that is that these subtle cues can come also from different layers. Um, more or less close to the source, more or less pure and uh, vibrant and intense. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, I think that's a good start. Thank you. Yeah, I like someone called uh, this kind of GPS, right? I sometimes call it Satna. Uh, it is it is our inner guidance. This is, I think for intuition for me is the, the way the higher self speaks to me, through me, and then what it wants to express into this world, right? I like that the universe is universe, so it's one big orchestra, one big song. However, we all different tunes, right? So we we all each receive like a different instrument. We all receive unique tone, unique um, song that sings through our hearts. And we receive through that tune, through that song, through that uh, intuition, as I'm calling it, we receive the knowing, the information of, it's, it's the knowing is that that's what we're receiving from the higher self of this is where I need to go now. This is what I need to do now. This is what um what rings true for me right now in this moment right this is well my next step this is what i need to say so is this knowing inside of ourselves that the guides us to navigate through this thing called life right and to express in this very unique ways so each of one each of one it comes from the same sp space again it is coming from the same universal uh knowingness right however it speaks uniquely to us with the unique song uh, which wants to be sung through us um so i think that's how intuition how that sounds how that is for me so that's why being true to yourself being authentic and true and in tune with your intuition is so powerful because then you are you are one with that um yeah, you could, you could say that your life purpose, but it's just it's just the way life unfolding. I would say your own unique uh, of what you came to express here. Yeah, absolutely. I explained it best through my beloved Osho. Who alerted his followers and humanity on the different components and expression of intelligence? Intelligence beginning within. It all comes from inside, inwards, and it cannot be otherwise. There are different densities of intelligence. Instinct is your, essentially your karma. It's your hardwired, practical, material, defensive and negative intelligence. Intellect is your mind, is your language, is your ability to define who you are not and to understand and strategize and construct strategies to maintain your state of separation from all that is. It's artificial 
and tiring, but it's also useful and beautiful and necessary for the choreography of this dance of life. And finally comes intuition, the education that your higher selves provide to your lower selves, the tuition inside. That intuition does not use language nor gestures, even though it will refer to your data bank, your memory data bank of emotions, experiences, language to, to try to connect uh, that data bank of memory and your experience to a higher truth your higher self is constantly showering on you and indeed your focus or rather defocus your defocus on the lower forms of intelligence will allow you to benefit from the access to the higher density of intelligence from your higher self it is a way of widening your, the spectrum of your consciousness to your higher self. And each and every one of you, 7.8 billion ways to express the same feeling and proximity to truth. Beautiful. I think it's also important to say that it speaks in so many different languages and ways, right? Because you say it doesn't speak the words and language and things. I actually find that it speaks so many ways. Like it can come through the dream, which you know kind of the meaning of it, or you can come from the visions. Or I even sometimes hear the voice in my head that tells me something, right? Tells me like this is going to happen. Kind of uh, gives me that warning. And, um, and also, you know, even you know, looking at the bird sometimes is fixed to you, or or hearing the song with certain words that like is exactly what you needed to hear at the time. It is it speaks so many different ways. Like it's almost like the whole existence speaks to you, right? And yeah, you, only you can right. only you can have to tune in to be able to receive that uh, information. So again, the more awareness, the more you you, you reside in that space of awareness and you'd be able to see more and more subtle things and messages and informations and you're able to tune in more to hear yes. that song if you are very careful it will it will remind you of what you didn't know but you knew um, and if you watch carefully, you will see that these multiple, many languages are all known to you. Because in reality, you cannot perceive from the small self point of view anything that has not been stored consciously or unconsciously in your memory. However, as you expand and as you detach from your smaller self, you, you, you are granted and you gain access 
to a wider and vast space intelligence of universal memory and finally to nothingness yeah is this again is is this coming out of this little mind of things that knows right forgetting that and actually stepping into the, the space i know nothing and then you're very receptive you're really receptive you become like a student so so you're receiving yeah. you're on the receiving yeah. uh, space but he also is from that vessel mind body spirit complex right because you are always ever ever creating that for yourself you brought up one of the most important points that were, was not mentioned, the absolute necessity of in extreme courage and lucidity to recognize that you know not, that you know nothing, that whatever you think you know is flawed, that in reality, in truth, you know nothing. That is the starting point it's the prerequisite is the permission slip for real knowing to reveal itself to the you who is not there anymore you 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 need to to remove yourself to to turn yourself inside out to realize that your idea of you is not there and that that you who you think knows anything does not know anything because it is not but that is a very difficult thing to understand with the mind but it it is obvious when you open yourself to intuition and it is extremely yeah. simple. Any expression of it which will sound so sophisticated and complex and, and, uh, and inaccessible, while the reality of it is extremely simple. It's your natural built-in ability to be not the you that you think you are, to be, just to be to be what you really are, which is all that is. Yeah, because you're either a little person, I'm the Ula, knowing this and that, or I am the vessel for the intelligence to, to work through through me and speak to me and through me, right? So I'm either Ula who knows, or I am the whole intelligence speaking through me. Like being the vessel for that intelligence is one of, it's just the most beautiful experience we can have as a as a as a human beings right alive and, and having a life and living a life i find that um allowing this flow through me is just like mind-blowing it's just it's incomparable to being a little human being you know this little mind and completely fixated and and stuck somewhere uh, I think it was Sadhu that said this beautifully. I, it really was really powerful for me. He said, um, optimists believe positively, pessimists believe negatively. They're both afraid to admit that they don't know. Mm. Right? Yes. 
And I find it's just, I love it. It's just one of my favorite things. It's like, yeah, just doesn't matter what you believe. It's, it's belief, right? It is. Uh, and then in Drop That, you don't know. You become the student and the magic happens. The first admission, which is the prerequisite, is to say out loud, say out loud, without restriction, without any holding back that it might not be the actual truth, that you know nothing. Then that makes it possible to realize that the you who knows nothing is not you. The real you knows everything. <laughs> But the you, you think you are, knows nothing, that's for sure. But if you begin from, by the wrong end, by saying the real me knows everything, the problem is because you have not already a clear understanding of who is that real me that you believe you are, it's extremely counterproductive. That is why I revealed to Bentino directly, not through this bearded person. Uh, that Advaita it's a, is a counterproductive truth, despite being the absolute truth. This absolute truth revealed prematurely to immature consciousness is counterproductive because they would begin by saying, I am all that is, I therefore know everything, and which is precluding them from the necessary admission that the false I that they believe they are knows anything. Yes, and I would add to that that it's also a process that um, happens in different cycles, ever-expanding cycles of... Um, well, let's start with this, this humbling recognition that I know nothing. Then from that there is um, yeah, there's this, this humility, this opening to a greater intelligence that is allowed to flow through this vessel. And then from this, there is this expression, and then there is this excitement and this joy and this this free flow. And then that's, that will also get tainted by the remnants of the false identity that are still um, clinging to this expression to the results and that will distort this flow and then it will come again to a point of frustration of realizing that actually i'm not fully it i'm not fully me and so there comes again a point of i don't know yes and then the root of all misunderstanding is the usage, the unowned 
the unmastered usage of the word I is the culprit, is the, it's not the culprit, obviously, it is the catalyst, the, the crime. Yeah, the catalyst for, for misunderstanding the life dance that you are, which you tend to believe is happening around you as a separate being rather than within you. But before you jump into that truth, it's very important to, number one, accept that the I that you still think you are now knows nothing. Then the next stage is to stop totally using the word I in recognition that you keep attributing the wrong things and the wrong identity to that I. And then when and as and when the reality of your being becomes clear and real and anchored in your being and it's in its expression, I can now speak through you and that word can be used again. That single letter word can can be used again. So profound. <laughs> Love it. Ooh, great answers, you guys. Such a good question, too. Ooh. Any new question? Yeah, I would love to say that for simplifying this as well, like has been mentioned by many of the most, quote, successful geniuses in the physical, they frequently have stories of where they defocus from the physical focus in a more relaxing and they go on walks into nature and what happens is that exact difficult problem that they were trying to figure out just lightning bolts the creative solution or it comes to them in the dream or it comes to them in all of these different, more relaxed scenarios. The very defocusing from the physical enables the more relaxed guidance from that higher intelligence to streamline itself through. Yes, so, because it must be understood that the entire ego construction is an exercise in focus. It is the, the entire thing. The entire thing is the reduction of consciousness into a finite, a finite, small self-concept. So, if you want to access the truth that is there within you in the wider being that you are, you have to stop focusing on maintaining that ego to relax it so that it it widens and widens until it widens enough to include the answer to 
what you were seeking. The problem usually is that when you get that answer, suddenly you recontract because that's all you were after. You were after an answer, and then you recontract into your ego, and you just carry along that answer. But just keep relaxed, and that answer will still be there, and many others, as you widen your consciousness. But please go ahead. Yeah, that's the entire Leela is the very explorative process of taking this identity of nothingness to everythingness and undergoing this spectrum of identities where you have this very small contracted identity which doesn't get much intuition small, finite, contracted, egoic identity obsessed with its conditioning, trying to find peace and happiness in Maya, seeking it in experiences and substances and relationships is inevitably going to get less intuition. It's going to hit, get more suffering, get hit with the sledgehammer until it, like in the parable of the prodigal son, turns inward to investigate the very nature of awareness itself and the very nature of even its source. And in doing so, that ego construct relaxes it, then expands to include these answers that we just talked about. And then intuition becomes much more, ah, I see it here, I see it there. It becomes like an augmentation and perception that was always there, but you were blinded because your perception was focused on trying to find peace and happiness in Maya and you weren't seeing the sign posts, which you now see more as you awaken. Cool. So, beautiful, we have another question that was lined up beforehand, and then we'll see if we have a good one from the audience as well. So, this why question... Don't you shoot, uh, why don't you shoot two, three questions so that we can cover more for the satisfaction of the people who did post questions? Let's address this question question that came the last couple of days into the flow. It's a really good question. And then if there is another audience question um, before we wrap, we'll take it. So for those tuning in that want to drop a question, go ahead and drop it in the live chat and we'll address it. Uh, but right now there is not um, a question besides this one to address. So let's go ahead and address this one. So this kind of plays on the first question. So the question is, can you address what remains the same after awakening versus what changes after awakening? As people say, everything is the same yet totally different. And this follows that very fun Zen aphorism before enlightenment chop would carry water after enlightenment chop would carry water. Or in the more modern day, it's before awakening, do laundry, after awakening, do laundry. So this is a great question. Let's see how our three take it. 
I'm Ula? so excited. Can I start? Yes, please. <laughs> I was actually wanted to talk about it before this question came out. And I was thinking, like, I wonder if the synchronicity is going to work beautifully for me now. And yes, I got it right. Um, do you know what, guys? It's just, this is the relaxing the ego for me, right? To realize, like, for me, I see God as this playful child, right? That just absolutely loves playing. That's why he plays life, right? He just wants to play. And created all the games and created all the costumes that you can you know dress itself up and play all these different roles and play all of these different games of you know going to work or having families or going traveling or, or you know having enemies and doing the war you know like even going to war and having a fight and and it's just god just loves playing in all this and when i when you observe child it's just so incredible because that's that's just like god is like child like it's so playful so the, let, let's see we look at child and child plays with his mate and starts playing some kind of i don't know let's play armies or something and they start you know fighting and shooting and blah 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 and then uh, they play so well that they eventually forget themselves and they so fully engage in the game they so fully they they think i'm the army guy right i'm the army guy and i'm playing with the other army guy and they get lost in that game completely so they're starting fighting and being really serious about it when they just have a full-on argument and tantrums to follow up right after that so i see this is exactly what has been happening with the the play as we see here in the world is like the the god is playing so intensely to getting so engaged eventually gets lost in the game and forgets what it is who it is that it prefers place creates the game so what happens after awakening you realize you're back into this child place oh you know this is all just a game just a play right so you're still fully engaged with the games and you're more you're more aware more conscious so you're more conscious of which game you want to play and you want to engage in which you don't so you make different choices right for yourself on where you go and where you're going to engage and you also don't you're not you're in the world but you're not off the world so you, this attachment this addiction to the to the game to the emotional traumas and dramas the game produces it, it releases it it, 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 it loosens the grip on you therefore you are able to play without the attachment play without the drama play without the you know the the, the suffering uh, you really realize it for what it is and you realize your place in it so then you are back in the costume being back being Ula right and having a fun with it you're literally having a fun with it uh, and always able to go back to the place of I am all of this and I am prior of any reality uh, word you know matter so I think that's that's for me that's that's the beauty of being yeah doing the laundry still so still taking part in playing however joyfully you know just having fun with it rather than suffer with it and struggle with it that's um, my intake and understanding. Thanks for that. Nothing, nothing at all to add to that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, only, you always know that you only ever play with yourself, like you guys, like you just another me, right? Like you, we are all. Well, 
Please Same. don't reveal too much of our intimacy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> There's no, no more shyness anymore, right? <laughs> Nothing to hide anymore. Well, <laughs> but it's it's also part of the play to to hide to disguise ourselves and to to play to play the game of forgetting and to play the game of being really serious about that play and um, to play the game of being me. And just like there was nothing to add and nothing to hide, there is still something to subtract. Mm -hmm. Apart from the ego and the sense of the wrong sense, the, the wrong concept of self, um, many uh, spiritual people um, make a mistake trying to prematurely read the children of ego or try and uh, prevent or block development of the, the development of an ego by their children. Uh, v, you're getting a lot of static in your mic. Can you just, yeah, 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 thank you. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of wind. So, what is to subtract? Uh, some people devoted to spiritual uh, search tend to uh, want to suppress the development of ego in their children. And uh, this is not necessarily helpful. In fact, it's, uh, it is counterproductive because uh, there is a lack of understanding of the usefulness of the development of a pretty strong ego in the first phase of life, which is, which will create more friction with reality, which will create a darker night of the soul, which will be the perfect scene for a more bright and contrasting revelation uh, at the right time. In world time. Yeah, we all should be entitled to play, right? To forget and to remember and to forget to remember. Yeah. Because if you don't forget, then this moment of remembering, which is so profound, wouldn't be given. Exactly. Right? It's exactly. like the contrast, the contrast that we experience brings the beauty of the remembering right that the darkness exactly. when you go through darkness the soul suddenly fall into joy i'm like you would never appreciate the joy as much if you know, if you didn't have the darkness of the soul right so it is like it is it, i mean yeah that's the whole point exactly it's like okay. uh, trying to open a flower prematurely it will damage it or yeah. trying while the kid is playing a cowboy and indians or whatever you are thinking, well, don't forget you are not a cowboy. Don't forget you are not an Indian. Come on, <laughs> let them play first. Let then, me be a cowboy, let me be an Indian, yeah. Exactly, and then if they start crying that, oh, he killed me, he's a, he's a nasty <laughs> cowboy, and now he, I'm dead and I, I don't want to be dead. Okay, then you can tell him, okay, remember, you are not an Indian. But uh, don't remind him he's not an Indian or a cowboy while he's having fun. 
Yeah. Yes, guys, listen, I love, you know, I had only one hour, so I have to check out because my boy is playing football now and I, it's the last <laughs> quarter and I have to see this, right? Yes. Yeah. Such a joy love to have you. Thank you, Ulla. Yeah. Love being with you. I think you soon, you. yeah? Love you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Enjoy them. Oh. That was so nice that she joined. Yay. Oh, that last part was getting really good. It's like <clears throat> even after you <clears throat> quote pierce the <clears throat> veilless veil, the gateless gate, and unite with your true nature, even sharing the awakening ruins the game well it's part of the game uh for catalyzing because you yeah. were catalyzed by others and don't forget don't forget you are not forcing your your channel or your youtube videos on anybody uh so it's their intuition guiding them to watch the right video at the right time um However, when you are in your embodied life, uh, Felix, V, and Atlas, never forget that while you can be totally boundless and without restraint when talking in a channel which is only accessible by free will, uh, when interacting with people uh, in the flesh or directly, um, there's this necessity to constantly check if the permission slip is there, if it's the right time, the right maturity. And the only way for you to know is to be asked or to receive a very clear permission slip. Yeah, that's essential. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. And th these things get refined anyway, like yeah. we bump our heads against the walls and then we... <laughs> We learn. Yeah, it's part like of the say, process also to make mistakes and be silly and want to yeah. save the world and all of this. And indeed, don't bang your head against the wall. Don't bend your, your head against the wall. Don't bend, <laughs> don't bend <laughs> your head against the wall. Stop well, banging your head against the wall. <laughs> If you're this having fun with it. You guys. <laughs> yeah. Usually, uh, the banging of the head against the wall is when it's already uh, way past the fun is gone already. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, you know, it's like, it's like when you fall, the problem is not falling, it's when you hit the ground. <laughs> so the best way is to remove the ground if somebody falls <laughs> if you can do that you don't need a permission slip the <laughs> <laughs> so for what remains the same versus what changes it's almost as though you like we talked about with frank yang on the show that 
you only know this first level, and we gave this example also earlier, with you only know the level of objects. And so you don't actually know truly from a place of subtle awareness the salient uh, of perception itself. You're not, you haven't recognized the true salience of being a seer, of knowing yourself as God, of piercing that veilless veil to that level. And so in a sense, you're, you're in this state and you don't know, you haven't pierced that veil to get back with that one layer. And so what happens is you pierce back a layer, pop back that layer, you become more aware that there's another part to this game that you weren't aware of. Then you recognize that even that is shared and eternal. And then you pop even to the very source of awareness and of realities. And so now basically what happens is you can navigate the very nothingness to the very infinitude from the very impersonal awareness perspective to the very engaging with an object or an experience. And you can do it from a more frictionless perspective where you're no longer being... <laughs> Sorry for interrupting you. Um, unapologize. An apology presented to you for interrupting you because, um, with all due respect, what you are saying can only make sense to already quite advancedly awakened uh, souls. Uh, it cannot make any sense to people who have not had already a, a couple of uh, degrees of awakening and many of the people who have a misconception about awakening will uh, be confused and uh, and despaired by those descriptions because they are too far from their their experience okay one this is a fair very point. important one very important realization is that it's it's quite rare actually that the awakening happens in a single big bang for most expressions, incarnated expressions of I, the awakening will be a series of uh, bangs and pops, like you, you call them. Each of them increasing to a certain degree the density uh, of being and the vastness of consciousness. So to Let's v, um, be very v, go ahead. careful go ahead. not to let's be very careful. Yes, yes, yes. Be very yes. careful not to uh, sustain the misconception that enlightenment or awakening happens in one big bang. It, it's totally. very rare when it does. It's so mostly, mostly in a series of successive realizations that each of them incrementally increase the. Yes, very important point. So the reason why I was making that description and the reason why you made that great point, which is that it's very relevant to an advanced level of understanding of the navigable roadmap, which is a great point. Then the next place that I'm going with this point, and that was a great reflection along the trajectory, but the next place that I'm going with this point is that what happens is rather than living, because we're addressing the question, rather than living pre-awakening, what you're doing is you're living in a place where you're trying to, as a physical, finite 
creature, you're trying to be happy and peaceful, but you're trying to get that from experiences, substances, relationships, the illusion, the intoxication. And so what's happening is you're seeking something transient in order for you to get a hit of dopamine feel goodness, which then disappears. And then you wonder, okay, well, what's next? I need something else to fill the void of feel goodness. And so in a very most layman term, the very outward focused, non-awakened state is trying to recommune with the very nature of what's been described as Satchitananda over millions of years, which is the nature that your awareness itself, existence, consciousness, bliss, is peace. It is happiness. And so when you become fully aware of that, you basically relax into the peace and joy that was already present. Sri Aurobindo and the Mother Miral Fasa call it the the rock that was covering the well of honey and that in that process, you no longer so post post this first pop in awakening in a sense, you it's a very profound shift. It's a very, very, very important, cool, profound shift because you no longer feel it used to be for many people as they describe their awakening that they were constantly trying to find or extract peace and happiness. And instead, now what happens is that they bring peace and happiness. So at least there's that clarification as something that is very cool in the process. I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, I don't really need to go, but I feel like going right now, if you don't mind. Okay. V, thanks for joining us. Yeah, that was so nice. We're basically wrapped as well. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. It's been a great pleasure. Awesome. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to to add uh, another perspective to this um, because I feel that what V was expressing about um, the importance of the the gradual nature of awakening, I think it's important to to also um, bring bring another picture to 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 explain this point more. Um, so yeah, one thing that we could say is that the the true the true me is pure awareness. So it's this pure space of being, it's pure potential that then um, shapes itself into many different forms. Everything that appears, and so one one particular categories of this shape is the the sense of a, a me so it's like a, a crystallized shape a form a, a structure that then uh, rigidifies itself it's like the, this pure consciousness which is very fluid very free that can shapes itself in all kind of ways then it becomes very rigid very stable and very um, stuck also in some ways 
and so then the process of awakening is then um, realizing that this uh, crystallized sense of me is not the true me and then this allows some dissolution to take place and this is very much a process that takes some time at least in most cases and so then what happens along the way is that the more dissolution happens the more it um, it allows for more movements so where the flow of energy used to get stuck because there was like this rigidity then with more dissolution more opening more more space in being open in in that structure then there is a, a greater flow and a greater like a smoother experiencing of of everything then like the consciousness still takes many shapes but then there's less edginess there's less contraction there's less rigidity there's less uh, resistance to uh, the flow of things there's a more just like a net natural harmonious gracious flow and and yeah, each, each step along the way of the deconstruction of this structure uh, really makes a, a true difference in its own unique particular uh, aspect of, of the life. Awakening slash dissolving allows for more frictionless, harmonious movement. Yeah, there's a navigability that is only accessible to awakening. You can't navigate beyond your ego conditioning when you're stuck there. You can't navigate into the subtle formless awareness. You can't tap into that layer that's already there, but that you can't tap into because you haven't penetrated it because you, your earnestness isn't high enough on truth, on desiring mm -hmm. to know, to be free, to know your true eternal infinite nothingness nature. And so, and then once you do pop in there and you pop back, you go through those bits of awakening, again, you no longer seek peace and happiness in Maya. You now bring peace and happiness everywhere and you can navigate anywhere along that spectrum, frictionlessly, harmoniously. It's, yeah, that's probably, that's probably the main thing is the frictionless, harmonious navigability of all states of being and experience yeah nice yeah but laundry stays the same yeah and, and what you and do is you do it with awakened love and care and compassion rather than oh, i have to do the dishes right now you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's called Tantra for a reason. You weave your awakened realizations into everything that you do, or Sahaja Samadhi. 
there's many ways to say the weaving of the profound realizations. Mm. Yeah. And I, I really like uh, what Bentinho said in one of the mentorship calls. Um, well, he, he was he was talking about different aspects, but well, one thing he was saying is that um, like some people imagine that uh, the point of life is the enjoyment of the chocolate of the. the I thought you were going to say that the champagne. Yeah. Yes. 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 I was say that. Yeah. And uh, and then and then he was saying that he he enjoys chocolate and he sometimes enjoys sex and he, he was he was saying that he he pops champagne for basically any reason he can find but for him it's an act of devotion and of of giving so that 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 will be also um an important shift of perspective yeah. like before awakening it's more like i need to do this in order to get something or to avoid something perfect whereas after awakening it's more like i'm i'm just giving i'm yeah i'm offering every yeah. every act is a, an offering a testimony perfect perfect it becomes a giving yeah. every every act is giving to god to the creation to the play rather than trying to extract from it by popping this or having sex or whatever i'm going yeah. to get happiness yeah that's yeah. such a yeah huge great way to put it okay i think that addresses a good amount of the points mm -hmm. also you become in a sense much more you, you got to remember the most simple one is the pause right when you awaken you create a greater pause so you're not as reactive to the sensations and stimuli but you use the breath enough to go and you become more of an observer or a witness of what's happening and by creating that pause and not being reactive what happens is the anger typically dissolves in the other person or in the situation or whatever is happening and unfolding and so you basically carry this incredible ability that was latent in you. Yeah. Mm. The pause. All right, let's address one of the audience questions that was really good that I wanted to bring up. Cool. So let's bring it up now. All right, Kev. Kev's question. How do I wake people up I love from the reality of which they are still living? Great fucking question. <laughs> How do I wake people up? So... <laughs> So one thing to see is that you, you you cannot really force it upon people. Um, all you can really do 
is be the example and invite them, seduce them, woo them in, like give them, give them the taste for it, give them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel it's it's important to to look at where we're coming from with this kind of uh, of question because um, it can often be that we we perceive some lag somewhere that we are trying to compensate for. So maybe we believe that um, there's a problem in the way other people are experiencing their lives and that we should solve it. Or maybe we feel that um, we, we cannot really share with others um, on the level that we would like to, to share and to meet. And, Or maybe we just feel like they are fucking annoying with their bullshit and we would like to, to live in more harmonious and peaceful circumstances. And so all of these are, are great, um, uh, great ways to reveal where we are still identified with um, our not-self, with our false identity. And these points are actually um, where, we are, where we still get stuck and so where we cannot really embody the example that they would need us to be in order to to be more invited in. So it's like the very points of contraction of trying to help others or to change others are very often uh, the points that we need to unlock in ourselves in order to become the space that they actually need for their transformation. Perfect. So yeah, it's it's about it's about being being the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, perfect. And also great value in in just the love. Um, just just show love to the people you love. <laughs> <laughs> and um that that will that will um have a beautiful impact um it's just there's nothing like love you know it's it's both uh it's both very beautiful for you to be experiencing it and and again it's a gift it's what you it's what you're giving to the circumstances so by offering that love you it's like watering your garden 
and um, you cannot force the plant to grow, but you can provide some water and some nice environment Perfect. for it to, to have more chances to, to blossom. Yeah, Felix definitely brought up the core themes. So, to address this question properly, it's really nice to know exactly where the person is coming from because I remember. I'm right now about to give something which thinking about myself a year ago, I don't know if I would have been able to actually receive this. And I'm curious maybe if this person can actually receive this whole idea of purifying where you're coming from, as we shared a moment ago, because the idea of check, okay, why do I want to enlighten my mom or my friend? Or how, why do I want to extract, liberate people from their chainless chains in the matrix to higher states of consciousness? And so that reflective process is really mission critical, but I don't know if it can actually land in the heart right now, given where people are at, experiencing elevated states and trying to go martyrdom, overzealous action in i will liberate my family i will liberate my friends i will awaken and shatter these chainless chains and so i would say that if i was giving advice that was a step below purify where you're coming from which is the absolute highest step i would say the step below that might be something like your very intention for wanting to help deliver awakening is a sign that you are here to be in service to other people. And that's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And the process of you doing that is totally not going to happen overnight. And so slow down, as has been said in this episode several times by our incredible guests, learn how to receive from the universal music. And in doing so, what's going to happen is you will become rather than overzealously trying to deliver awakening. You'll notice that as you receive more and just abide in these more awakened states that you're experiencing naturally what's going to happen is you're going to get a message from someone and it's going to be like hey it's going to be a friend of yours and it's going to be hey i noticed that you're experiencing a lot of peace and happiness your posts your videos your content it's been great you know, seeing you at that event last week, you looked really happy. Do you mind me calling you for 30 minutes just to talk? So now what you see is rather than you bringing the awakening to people, what's happening is people are coming to you. 
So you'll notice the sensitivity, the very subtlety will change because you recognize that at a deeper level. So I would say, as Felix said, be the change you wish to see. So take a step back from that sort of overzealous deliverance of awakening towards the inner work. And as you refine and abide that, naturally, you'll find more and more scenarios where you'll deliver anywhere from a small little watering, as Felix mentioned in the analogy of the seed, to a little bit of sunlight as you pass by, that type of a thing. Yeah, I, I would also like to build on what you said about like just the beauty of the, the desire to be of service to others. It's, uh, it's, it's a very beautiful setup uh, from the the one existence to to experience the um, many different very rich uh, interactions that can take place be between different beings and so and so I would say also to to trust that impulse and to and to go with it and knowing that uh, following this trail of excitement will. Um, will purify it on the way like you you will learn by trying and by giving your best and by um by also realizing what we were saying uh about the intuition that that you don't know you don't know how to wake people up you, there is the desire but then you you're coming to a point where it feels like you don't know and so that that opens you up for pause and to really uh, become more humble and to let go of more of your biases and assumptions, which will open you up to to more intelligence, as we were saying before, and that will allow you to be used in a more skillful way. And and then again and again, this practice and devotion and dedication and sincerity these things just unfold and become more and more beautiful. Excellent. Let's wrap. This was yours from the beginning. Awakening is reality, becoming aware of itself. And then this one was Ula's. I am a little person to I am the whole of existence. This is when we were talking about awakening to the very absolute, to the nothingness. Realize you are even prior to this creation. You are the very unmanifested. You are the source of infinite possibilities. This was our lovely Osho by V. Who am I? Or all also known as what is I by Ramana Maharshi is the only revolutionary act in the universe. Self-inquiry, Atma Vichara. This was a good one by V. The root of all misunderstanding is the use of the unmastered I. That's such a good one. 
And this was also you awakening, dissolving, allows for more frictionless, harmonious movement, swift navigation, Jedi like chameleon, Joseph in the coat of many colors. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Really, really good stuff. Kev came back in. Awesome, guys. Thanks. Okay. Thank you so much. We love you. We're super grateful for you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah. Great. And thanks for the little uh, recapitulation of our journey together today. Yeah. Really lovely. Yeah, it's my honor and pleasure. This is what I've, you know, become skilled at. And so it's a lot of fun to be able to put it to service with Awakening Enlightenment and AMA as like this theme and to have such other awakened representatives as the guests in this panel to be able to hit these really good tennis balls to answering these questions is just like, yes, this is exactly what we, the divine unfolding had in store. And I'm just so blessed and grateful. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. So good. Thank you. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We're super grateful. We would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on the AMA. Let us know what you're thinking about the answers that came through. And also, if you would like to, you can go ahead and drop new questions into the comments as well. Just write new question and then put your question. And then what we'll do is we'll crowdsource those questions into the next AMA. And like the video if it brought you value, helps the algorithm, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet and share the awakening AMA with others that you think it would bring value to. So that's all. And you can also find the No Limit Society link in the bio below as well. If it resonates with your highest excitement, it's an incredible Navy Seals of spirituality. So that is all. Infinite love and adoration. Thank you yeah. so much, everyone. All right, Felix. You and I will stay in the. You and I will stay in the room. I'll. Sure. Uh, I'll end the broadcast here. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Carl. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Sure. Thank you.